0: just need you to kind of wear your steel-toed boots if you need to buckle up whatever you got to do if you got to convince yourself that I'm talking about the person next to you rather than you whatever you got to do to endure this Um, because y'all do by the way see when I get when I leave for a week too I struggle because then I want to I I just start talking, okay, so y'all do know that what I preach to y'all, I preach to me first, right? You do understand that, so I'm just offloading, it's all I'm doing, I'm just getting it off me, hoping it gets on you so I can get some relief, all right, so here we go. Uh, In in an age where um, things that are not real are promoted as reality, Uh, if y'all haven't figured that out, most of the stuff you see on your social media feed is not real, all right, uh, so I'm not even convinced what you see on the news is real at the moment. I know what you're watching on your shows is not real. Uh, so, so anyway, uh, so it would serve to reason in an environment like that that what the church would do is we would tell you that you need to live with no filters since uh, we're taught by our Savior to be genuine and to be authentic. And so you would think that that we would talk about uh, you. You don't need to live with any filters on your life. No filters on your heart. You just need live wide open, authentic, and genuine, and you do. But I came this morning to try to convince some of you that uh, filters are also essential part of life that we need to put in place. Now, some of y'all look like you had a, a tough evening and so I'm, I'm convinced Jason we have any coffee because some of these folks they look kind of like they need a, a warm-up uh this morning and so um uh he's got some hot steaming coffee anybody need to top off he's bringing me uh and y'all are you sure y'all want this coffee let me it's really good let me show you this coffee right here this is special coffee uh can y'all see that can is look, anybody want any of that Here's the problem. We made that with no filter. uh, They'll come and get it later. Yeah, just save it for later. Uh, no, No filter. See, what filters do is they catch the impurities of life. In fact, filters make coffee drinkable. Filters make air breathable. Filters make cars drivable. Anybody ever had it clogged up? Okay, so, 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 so filters are imp- very important. They keep some things out. They keep some things in. So although I want you to live your life with no filter in regards to authenticity and being genuine, can I just tell you this morning that I'm very concerned for some of us because we've offloaded and discarded all filters. And that's not how Jesus wants, oh, shoot, y'all didn't, all did not right. so, so I'm just convinced we've lost some essential filters, I'm just gonna start bringing the light over the next few weeks, the filters that we're supposed to have in place, because some of y'all need some filters. All right, all right, so here we go. Uh, I, 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 ooh, man, okay. Uh, join me in Deuteronomy chapter one. Oh, my Lord, please, Jesus, help me. They're gonna kill me. All right, all right so so uh, Deuteronomy chapter one, beginning verse 23. Listen to what it says. That seemed like a good idea to me, so I picked, this is Moses talking, I, so I picked 12 men, one from each tribe. We read this same passage a few weeks ago. Uh, one one, man, one man, man from each tribe, they set out, climbing through the hills. They came to Hardname Valley and looked it over, and they took samples of the produce of the land, and they brought them back to us, saying it's, it's a good land that God, our God, is giving us, but then you weren't willing to go up. You rebelled against God, your, your God's plain word. You complained in your tents. This is what they said. God hates us, he hauled us out of Egypt in order to dump us among the Amorites. A death sentence for sure. How can we go up? We're trapped in a dead end. Our brothers took all the wind out of ourselves, telling us the people are bigger and stronger than we are. Their cities are huge. Their defenses are massive. We even saw Anakite giants there. And when, now down in verse 34, when God heard what you said, listen to this, he exploded In anger. (laughs) Okay. He swore, not a single person of this evil generation is going to get so much as a look at the good land that I promised to give to your parents. Then then it says this in in chapter 2, verse 1, it says this Then we turned back across the wilderness towards the Red Sea, for so the Lord had instructed me. For many years we wandered around in the area of Mount Seir. Okay, then fast forward, Joshua chapter 6. Joshua chapter 6, beginning in verse 2. God spoke to Joshua Look sharp now. I've already given Jericho to you, along with its kings and its elite forces. Here's what you are to do March around the city, all your soldiers, circle the city once, repeat this for six days. Have seven priests carrying seven ram horns trumpets in the front of the chest. And on the seventh day, march around the city seven times. The priests blowing away on the trumpets. And then a last on the ram's horn, when you, people are, are to, uh, when you hear that, all the people are to shout at the top of their lungs. And the city wall will collapse at once. And all the people are to enter every man straight on in. This is a familiar scenario you know this, if you've been in church very long at all, you know this account, right? So so, so it's against this backdrop that I want to tell you that one of the filters that we desperately need you to get back into your life is the filter of silence. I didn't fear if I was preaching about silence, you would be very loud, so, so I'm gonna have to amen myself, so here we go. Uh, in, in this day and hour, what I'm convinced of is this. It seems like, we have forgotten that one of the fruits of the Spirit is self-control. So because we have forgotten that we, we are supposed to have self-control, we also have seem to have lost the ability or the willingness to be silent. Whatever comes into our mind ends up in our mouth. We desperately need to reestablish, reinsert the filter of silence into our life if we're going to live like and represent Christ well. So, so, so uh, uh, the, the writer of Ecclesiastes states it like this. He says, there is a time to speak and there's a time to be silent. So, maturity is evident in our life when we know the, know the difference in those seasons. Ooh, so, immature that we can't figure out which season we're really in. And so, we just opt for saying everything that comes into our mind okay I knew okay so 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 I, I don't want you to misunderstand me I have intentionally prodded on you I can start pointing back to sermon series over the course of the last four or five years I've continually prodded you and poked you and instructed you and implored you to speak up there are situations in which we need your voice to be heard in in in, in regards to social justice in the in the regards to prejudice into regard in, in regards to situations where where we must call evil evil and there are situations where we must stand up and declare that good is good there are moments that we must speak up in fact proverbs also teaches us to speak up for those who can't speak up for themselves so, so I don't want you to misunderstand me, and I don't want you to, to, to swing the pendulum so far one way that you don't get this right. There is a balance here I'm talking about. There are moments where the children of God, where those that are bought by the blood of the Lamb, must open up their mouth and declare the things of God and stand for what's right and declare what's right and make proclamations and fight the injustices that are apparent in our world. So, So I've taught you that but here's my, my, my challenge for you. I, I also think that boldness in that area has caused many of us to grant ourselves the right to disobey the commands of Scripture when it teaches and talks to us about how we're supposed to talk and when we're supposed to talk. There are a few truths I need to share with you about uh, this, this, this uh, filter of silence that I, I, I need you to capture. This account teaches us that sometimes... We must march in silence so that we can march into victory. Can I help you this morning? Complaining is not a strategy. Okay, I think in this day and age and what, everything that's going on in life, we need to apply the filter of silence because our constant complaint, our constant critique, our constant commentary could just keep God from responding to our situation. Maybe our voice is so loud and so constant that now we are no longer positioned to hear the still, small voice of God in our situation. Maybe, maybe we think God's not even talking anymore, but here's the real dilemma. He can't get a word in edgewise. Yeah. So so so. Uh, li- listen. If, I-, I just need. I'm just trying to help you here. I just need you to understand this truth. If complaining could keep a million people out of the promised land that they'd been promised, not only promised by God, but miraculous delivered miraculously delivered out of bondage, set free, marched through the desert, come into this environment where it's just like God said it was gonna be. And if complaining would cause God to disallow a million people from reaching their promise, why do you think that God would not also cause you to miss your promise if you're complaining? Okay. If it angered God, then... Why wouldn't it anger God now? I want you to notice that uh, this is what happens. They come into uh, th- this this moment when they're supposed to walk into their promise they complain God sends them back into the desert they they circle Uh, some of y'all are still circling and you're missing your promises because of what's coming out of your mouth that's all that's keeping you out is what's coming out of your mouth and so God allows them to circle and circle and circle the entire generation dies Joshua comes back to the promised land and the first place they go is Jericho All right, so I want you to notice how this works. They are to march around the walled city six days without saying a word. On the seventh day, they're supposed to walk around the wall six times without saying a word. And on the seventh time, they're supposed to shout. But I want you to notice something. I want you to notice that on day one, all the way through day seven, each and every time they circled that wall, they had horns in their hands. Okay. but just because they had horns in their hands did not give them permission to blow the horn. Amen. Just because the words come into your head doesn't mean you have the right to let it come out of your mouth. Yeah. Yeah. Just maybe of life and death is in our mouth can I just remind you in this day and age this morning can I just help you to tell you that one of the most powerful weapons that you have in your arsenal is your tongue and and and, and I'm convinced that because we have dislodged discarded, Dismiss the filter of silence that many of us, whether we recognize it or not, maybe some of us are not even self-aware enough, and we need somebody to bump us and tell us. You're getting ready to tell them, by the way. So just hang on. You've been wanting to tell them since I started this message. You're going to have that opportunity just here in a moment. But some of us, maybe we need some help. Maybe we need to take a long listen to our own voice because some of us are filling our life with death just because of the way we talk. We need to rediscover that when there are seasons, we need to rediscover when we need to be speechless so that God can be heard. Some of us, some things stay walled up until we shut up. You missed it. Some things in our lives stay walled up simply because we won't shut up. Okay, so I need you to do this with all grace. Here's your opportunity. Some of y'all already got some people in mind. You're like thinking about I might get up and walk five rows back. No, just around you. I need, I need, I need you to do this with all grace and all humility, and with all tenderness, uh, recognizing that we're in this together, and I want you in your promised land, because if you're in your promised land, chances are I'm moving towards my promised land, so I need you to do this with grace, but I need you to look at your neighbor and touch them, and just tell them. say, hey, I-, I hate to be the one to tell you, but there- you-, you-, you just need to shut up so that some things won't be walled up. Come on, tell them, tell them. Tell them, tell them, oh, now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have some counseling session. I got husbands that thanking me. I got some wives going, yes, yes, amen. I got some moms and dads going, thank you, Jesus. I came to church on the right day. Yeah. Okay, so and since you enjoyed that one, let's have you turn to your other neighbor and tell them, hey, I think maybe you might just need to know you talk too much. <laughs> Come on, just tell them, tell them, tell them. Tell them. Tell him, tell him. <laughs> Y'all having way too much fun. <laughs> See, this is what we know. Somebody tell Pastor Andrew to shut up until that voice comes back. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I've, got him on, I've got him on silence, right? He, he's, my, he's my living illustration of this message. Some, yeah, so, so what we know is that there are moments in life where we are to sing our way out. I could take you to accounts. You know the accounts. There are moments in life where we are to shout our way out. There are moments in lives where, in our lives where we need to declare our way out. But listen, I just need to help you understand there are also moments in life where we need to silence our way out. Where, where, see, some of you have tried to talk your way out and some of you tried to cry your way out and some of you tried to scream your way out and some of you tried to declare your way out. Maybe today you need to learn how to silence your way out and keep your mouth shut until God fills your life with the authority and the position necessary and the power necessary and the opportunity necessary to walk into your promise. Yeah, let me me help you. You, you, Some of you are going, but Steve, you don't understand. I'm in a fight. I'm in a fight for my life right now. I can't be quiet. There's no way I can keep my tongue. I don't like what's happening to me. I don't like what's going on in my life. I don't like what I'm being confronted with. I'm going to have to say something. Can I just use Jesus as our example? That's a novel idea in a church, isn't it? Let's use Jesus as our example. Faced with, uh, uh, with his life on the line, he's a, he is being accused, he's being convicted of stuff he never did, he's, he's, being, he's being treated badly, really bad, and he says, Nothing. But we won't keep our mouths shut to save our lives. If we would just learn to respond the way Jesus responded to a fight that is not ours and to a fight that's already been fixed. I would submit to you that when we reestablish the filter of silence and we learn in which seasons we're supposed to talk and which seasons we're supposed to remain silent and if we would get some stuff out of our mouths that shouldn't be in our mouths, then all of a sudden we would discover that God's presence comes to bear and he will fight our battles for us. Stand still and see. Let's reword it to 2022. Shut your mouth and let God fight for you. Yeah, yeah. So 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 if all your verbal attacks and all your acclamations and all your proclamations haven't produced any change in your life, then maybe it's time to just march in into victory in silence. You've heard that silence is golden. I'm telling you this morning that silence is godly. There are moments where we just need to duck our heads and keep walking until God moves on our behalf. Let him speak. If we've got, we've got got to go back and pick up that filter of silence. We've got to go back and know when we're supposed to be silent. I think the dilemma is we become so uncomfortable in quiet that we allow the needs of our life to become so noisy that we respond in like kind, and we fill the air around us with noise. And God doesn't move because He won't move. When we're trying to do it by ourselves, we need the filter of silence because this, this, this account teaches us that silence strengthens our praise. I, I want you to go back and read the account for yourself. They marched for six days in total absolute silence. Go, I, I don't even have time. I've probably preached it before to you guys. Can you imagine what the folks in Jericho were doing while they were looking stupid, marching around a walled city? I'm sure they were throwing stuff. We know they were yelling at them, ridiculing them. All, that. All, can you imagine six days on the seventh day, they're going around six times wanting to say something like, my feet hurt. Are we there yet? Can we attack now? Can I throw something back? Can I cuss them back? Can I show them the finger of fellowship? Can I... <clears throat> Can I turn in my prayer requests? Because y'all know some of those. Okay. But if we learned to filter with silence, then a praise would rise up in us that could not be silenced. In fact... I declare to you today that if we would learn to walk in silence sometimes, our praise would become weaponized. The reason that our praise w- w- would be weaponized is because it would well up. At some of us, we <laughs> we, we we offering some high, half-baked praise. Y'all ain't never had no half-baked cake. You enjoyed, did you? Like it's kind of gooey on the inside. Doesn't really taste good. All the stuff hadn't mixed right. That ain't that's that's not comfortable. Nobody wants that. I I I'll, I'll, I'll like me some cake, but I'm passing on that cake. Right. I, th- Some of y'all walking in here week after week offering half-baked praise because all the other words you spoke all week long has already undone the praise that you're gonna offer today. We've gotta get our eyes back on this fact. If we can figure out who's for us, then the who's against us no longer matters. And I can be walking through hell on earth I can be enduring the most difficult moments of my life, more pain than I've ever experienced in my life, more sadness than I've ever experienced in my life. Everything can go be going wrong. Everything can be destroyed, and I can still learn to keep my mouth shut if I can learn to keep my eyes on the one who's concerned about me and who's mindful of me and who I know. The Bible says that he's working all, t- all things together for my good. Yeah, but I don't like all things tough. I don't want all things tough. He didn't say the all things would be fun. He just said he would work them all together for our good. We undo his ability to do that if we don't learn to be silent. may, May I remind you that the Bible says that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Another version says it like this, for the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Some of y'all, <laughs> y'all know, some of y'all are full of it, but anyway, that's a whole different. So, 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 so in other words, if you would listen to what is coming out of your mouth, you would get a very clear picture of what's coming out of your heart. That's why we're given instructions on what should be coming out of our mouth when we do speak. So maybe said it another way, let me say it like this today, because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you some instructions about this coming week. So let me help you. We should, I am convinced that not just this week, but every week, we should remain absolutely silent unless we are following the instructions given to us in Scripture. Well, I got opinions. I don't need your opinion. Opinions are a dime a dozen right now. Inflation. They're 20 cents a dozen right now. Verse 29, do not let even one rotten word seep out of your mouths. Instead, offer only fresh words that build others up. Whew, okay when they when they need it most that way your good words will communicate grace to those who hear them another verse says watch the way you talk let nothing foul or dirty come out of your mouth say only what helps each word is a gift ephesians chapter 5 verse 4 though some tongues uh, th- though some tongues just love the taste of gossip those who follow jesus have better uses for language than that don't talk dirty or silly that kind of talk doesn't fit our style Thanksgiving is our dialect. He's giving us instructions on what should be coming out of our mouth. Uh, Philippians chapter 2 verse 14. Don't let anything or do everything without grumbling or arguing. One, one, One version says do everything without arguing or complaining. Shut up so you won't be shut out. James chapter 3 verse 10, and so blessing and cursings come pouring out of the same mouth? Dear brothers, surely that is not right. So in other words, the writers are telling us that we must silence complaint. We must silence fear talk. We must silence doubt. We must silence the negative. We must silence critique. We must silence the dirty, the silly, the the gossip, And maybe the reason our mouth is so full of critique and complaint is simply because our heart is full of those things. Maybe the reason our mouth is so full of the negative, and maybe the reason our mouth is so full of fear is because our heart is full of those things. May we become tongue tied. This week, I'm gonna make a statement. I preached the whole message to get to this one statement. If you miss everything else, please listen to my statement right now. What we can learn from scripture and what we can learn from this account is this words shape our world. Are you ready for this? Words shape our world, silence shapes our words. I'm going to say that one more time. you got to get this. Power of life and death in my tongue. Everything I'm saying is producing a world around me. My words shape my world. But silence shapes my words. If some of us would just learn to be silent again, we would suddenly find out that there's not as much negativity, not as much... Anger, not as much critique, not as much complaining coming out of our mouth if we would just be quiet. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 19 says this listen to this, too much talk leads to sin. Keep, I love this verse, keep your mouth shut. Another version says this don't talk so much you keep putting your foot in your mouth. Be sensible and turn off the flow. So my prayer today is simply this. My prayer today is that we learn to surrender our talk to God. My, my lack of shut up keeps me shut out. I don't want that to happen anymore. So I hope you're catching the progression here. Let me help you if you've missed it. In October, I talked to you about managing your mind, right? So it starts here. We already dealt with that. I'm not going to deal with it anymore. You've got to recognize it all starts here because you're transformed by the renewing of your mind. So you've got to get your mind right. We talked about that. Then this last month, we talked about managing your mirrors and managing your doors. I just stopped by Passion this morning to help you one more time and tell you to manage your mouth. And I want to challenge you. I'm giving you an assignment. Here's your homework. Tari, would you all come on? Y'all make your way. I I, I want you to hear this. This week, so next Sunday, we have a special service. It's only one service, 10 a.m. It's going to be crowded in here. Well, they're going to move me out of my seat, and I don't like it. Shut up. All right? (laughs) There won't be anywhere to sit. Shut up. I don't get to sit by my favorite people. Shut up. Why? Because I don't want you to be shut out. We're going to do one service next week. It's going to be powerful. If you've never been in service with Pastor Warren Beamer, he's going to rock your world. It's going to be fun. He's he's crazy. So we're going to have a lot of good time. It's going to be a good service. But here, let me hear you. Let me let me help you here. Here's your assignment. Here's your homework. For the next seven days, I need you to be quiet. For the next seven days, every time critique rises up in your mouth, shut up. For the next seven days, whatever environment you find yourself in and complaint starts to rise up in your mouth, and and I don't like this, and I would do it a different way. Just be quiet for seven days. Don't let any dirty talk, no filthy talk, no negative talk, no fear-filled talk, no gossip rise up in your mouth. Let, and, 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 and I will really challenge you, let that also filter over onto your Facebook. That's a whole different story. But, but, but for the next seven days, you say, why? Because if I could get y'all to just be quiet for seven days, you won't even need a worship team next Sunday. You won't even need one note. You won't even really need the preacher next Sunday. You will walk in here, and your praise will have become weaponized and stronger than it's ever been, and you will just be waiting for somebody to pull the trigger. Just let me go. I'm ready. I've got something welled up inside of me. The goodness of God has been, oh, by the way, I almost missed it. Let me tell you what we're, Uh, David says this in, in Psalm chapter 78, verse 1. So let me, you say, well, I can't be quiet all week. Okay, let me help you. I'll give you something you should say. Psalms seventy one eighteen, or 71 8 my mouth is filled with your praise declaring your splendor all day long. I gotta have something to talk about this week. Talk about the goodness of God. Talk about the splendor of God. Talk about the ability of the one who's fighting for us. Talk about how he saved you. Talk about the fact that he set you free. Talk about the fact that you should be dead and gone, but he he decided to spare you. Talk about the fact that your family ought to be splintered, but he's rescued you. Talk about his goodness. If you gotta talk about anything this week, talk about him. For seven days, boy, I don't even. Mm, I'm, I'm nervous. I don't even know if some of y'all can pull this off. I ain't gonna call you by name. Some of y'all are gonna have to take a social media break. I just need some of you. I know I need all of us. Can, will you partner with me? This is. Listen, I got some opinions. I can be mouthy. Don't say, man. Oh, you all already practicing good. I'm just asking us corporately because I think there's. There's going to be something that shifts here for the next seven days. See, the problem is, is we don't even know we do it. Okay, so now it's going to get really dicey. I want you to look at your neighbor and give them permission to silence you. Oh, this is so dangerous! This is, I I know what I'm getting this week. This week I'm getting this. I know I know I'm getting that. I know what I'm getting. I, that's going to be happening all week long to me right now. Y'all pray for Pastor Steve because all week I'm going to be walking through the house. And I'm going to. Our words shape our world. Silence shapes. Our words. Father, I pray in this moment right now. mm, We repent of thinking that just because we have the horn, we have permission to blow it. Help us to manage our mouth. I ask you, Father, during the course of the next seven days, That you would silence every complaint, silence every critique, silence every doubt, silence every fear, silence every accusation that rises in us. And instead, would you do this, Father? Would you help us to fill our mouths with praise and fill our mouths? with the goodness of God and fill our mouths with attention towards what you've done and what you will do. Weaponize our praise. I'm asking you to do this so that when we gather again next Sunday, walls, That have been built around our lives. Walls of addiction. Walls of brokenness. Walls of anguish. Walls of anxiety. Walls of depression. Will come crumbling at our feet. And we will walk in and plunder the enemy of our life. Based out of our silence all week long. Would you raise up a praise in us. That would scare the enemy. And produce victory in our lives. Help us to manage our mouth. Would you do this with me? Would you just lay your hand on your mouth right now? I lay my hands on my mouth, Father. Your word declares that if a man can bridle his tongue, he's done the hardest thing that's ever been done in mankind's history. So we recognize this morning that we need you. We need the fruit of the spirit of self-control to rise up in us right now and we ask you to touch our mouth right now. I pray that right now the anointing of the Holy Spirit would rest in my life. The fruit of the spirit of self-control would rise up and produce fruit this week and instead of my mouth being full of what it's been full of, it would become full of praise. I ask you to do this so that we can see victory. We ask you to do this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Would you do this? Look at your neighbor go, shh. Give them, the, give them this one, because this is the one I'm going to get. Do it again. Do it with authority. Do it like you've been married 30 years. I'm dead. I'm dead. Hey, Help me manage my mouth right now, Tari, because I'm about to that's enough. All right, Austin, come on. Listen, be here next week, please. I promise you, God's going to do some incredible things because we're going to gather together and something's going to erupt in us. All week long, I need you to do me one favor. I need you to be praying for our young people. God is going to spark a revival in our young people this weekend at Fresh Fire. Come on, Austin.